0: Welcome back to the GT Counter Podcast, your place for everything about, well, everything. Uh, Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Grayson Winters, getting good and uh, hydrated for his softball game tonight. Grayson, how's it going over there?
1: Oh, you know, man, it's growing great. Uh, You know, I have to get ready for my big softball match tonight, you know. Me against the worst team in the league, I'm good for at least three bombs tonight. Tap it in. If you're taking my prop picks, it's for plus. Two and a half.
2: Two and a half what? Right.
1: Two and a half bombs. Dead center field.
0: Risky play, but we'll have to see about that one. The voice you just heard was that of Reed Roloffs, the host of the Moneyline Masterclass podcast. Reed, how's it going, my guy?
2: Happy Wednesday, fellas. Uh Grayson, I, I can't wait to watch the live stream. I'm sure they do live stream these type of events. Um maybe it's a pay per view type of deal. Five dollars to watch Grayson hit a couple homers or have a couple strikeouts. So regardless, happy Wednesday.
1: It'll honestly probably be a better show than watching the Rangers demolish the uh the Diamondbacks tonight, let me be honest with you.
0: Well, see, now that you said it, they're guaranteed to lose like ten to one. So
1: No, Evaldi's is on the mound. They're not scoring more than two. It's over. I
0: hope so, but this is a cursed franchise we're dealing with here. We have to understand that bad things happen to these people all the time. There's nothing we can do.
1: Yeah, nothing you can do.
0: So uh, without wasting any more time, Grayson, there was a big event that happened over the night, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis called down, and uh, the Raiders are entering in a full-blown fire sale, except they started a day late, which you hate to see. But uh, Josh McDaniels is gone. The GM is gone. The offensive coordinator is gone. And, uh, you know, Jimmy G has finally been ban- banished as well. It's your boy, Aiden O'Connell, that's going to get the start moving forward. So, just let's get right into it. What's what's your immediate reaction to everything, and uh, your thoughts throughout the morning as uh, the Raiders entered a full-scale meltdown?
1: Well, you know, to say the least, it's about damn time that we decided we were going to do something. You know, in a forward motion in this uh, in this program, you know, Antonio Pierce takes over the interim head coach. He was the former linebackers coach, so that could be interesting if anybody knows. What happens when you put a defensive uh, coach in the head coaching job and tries to make him call the offense means the offense will probably perform worse than it was performing before. So that could be really interesting as it wasn't performing already. Um just wanna just wanna let all the viewers know that Reed is wrong and Aiden O'Connell is an absolute dog, and he's gonna come out and be a menace on Sunday. Um, you know, he can't be any worse than Jimmy G, who threw six games is posting worse numbers than DeMarcus Russell's in his rookie year of football, except for, you know, Jimmy Jean's thrown five more picks than Jamarcus did through six games. By the way, he's thrown 11. It's pretty cool. Good stat. Um, moving away from the, uh, the Raiders being so, so rough this year, we're going to talk about what everybody wants to talk about. And that's that not only it was yesterday Halloween, but it was also the trade deadline in the NFL And the commanders decided that they were going to wake up and just choose absolute violence and trade away both of their two stud edge rushers for a couple Skittles, a piece of Lent, and a ball of hair. So the commanders traded Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second round pick, which, I mean, it's it's probably maybe good value, but he was their first round pick a couple years ago, so... You say that as you want. And then Chase Young gets traded over to the 49ers for a third round pick. So it's just just a little bit interesting there. You guys got anything on these uh, on these two tradeaways?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I thought it was decent value. I think that they were probably going to lose one or both of them eventually anyways, because who wants to play for Washington these days? I did think it was funny, though. So the owner of the Commanders is also the owner of the Sixers, and I'm sure y'all saw this. So... In a one-day period, the man traded away Chase Young, Montez Sweat, James Harden, PJ Tucker, and some Philip Petrosev guy who, who has since been traded again since he was already traded. But uh, that is generational GM and ownership work right there. Five big-time players trade. Well, four big-time players. Well, three big-time players, and then two other guys traded. So incredible work by the owner. Just incredible, like speed and accuracy and getting the trades done impressive i don't think i've ever seen it before
1: yeah he got them done pretty quick which is which is impressive but it just stinks to lose you know that was a really really competitive defensive line that's turned into you know mush after this so do we think that the uh the bears are going to be ready to give montez sweat an absolute bag as he's he's on his contract end what do you got here reed
2: I think it's actually pretty funny because, you know, when you saw this trade go down, you figured, OK, they traded. He's on, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. You know, they figured, OK, they're going to absolutely give him the bag. And you, know, you, you would think that they would absolutely have a deal in place already. Uh, I saw a report today that that actually hasn't been the case. You know, they maybe haven't already had that lined up. Uh, so pretty classic bears move there, especially if they don't end up getting him re-signed, it would be, you know, pretty funny. Uh, he mentioned that he wanted to see, I guess, I guess be around the team before, you know, making that decision of, you know, signing long-term. So not that it won't get done, but it would be pretty hilarious if it didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. And then, you know, Chase Young goes over to the 49ers and he's got nine games with them before he's a free agent. Uh, you think they're just playing this one by ear? I mean, he tore his patella tendon and ACL. You know, he hasn't been that amazing this season. You, you think the Niners are just playing this one by ear to see if they want to sign him?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a test run. I mean, would they give up a conditional third or fourth round pick? It's, it's like one of those rentals in baseball or basketball. It's You get like half a season to go prove it, that you can make that money, you're still that guy. And if not, you're not out too much. So I think it's a pretty, good, a pretty good deal for the Niners, which they can afford to do that since their quarterback is making $5. I mean, it, it's amazing what you can do with your roster if your quarterback is on a rookie deal. It's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, talking about a couple little trade for a quarterback, let's move into what the Vikings are doing without Kirk. Well, the Vikings pick up Josh Dobbs for a sixth-round pick. Which, you know, is, is, is good value, I think. What do you think, Reid? Good value there?
2: Yeah, you know, we it was a, essentially we got Dobbs in a seventh for a sixth. So, you know, not really mortgaging much there, which I can appreciate. Uh, that actually seventh that we got can actually end up being a sixth as well. So, depending on playing time. Um, but, you know, low risk. A little bit confusing, though, because we did on the same day trade Uh, our previously starting guard, Ezra Cleveland. And it seems almost as if they're not picking a side here. Uh, You know, PFF has him as, I think, the eighth graded guard in the league. Um, And I I know Viking fans haven't thought he's played that well, that's for sure. But since he's been sidelined, you know, Dalton Reisner, who the Vikings signed a couple weeks ago, has taken over and played very well. So, you know, they figured it was a spot to, you know, pick up another... Another draft pick, and that's essentially what they decided to do. So kind of confusing. You know, it seems like they went out and got Dobbs as a stabilizer, but then traded Cleveland. So, you know, you don't ever really want to be in the middle ground. You either want to, you know, go for it or, you know, sell, sell, sell. So kind of confusing. I'm sure the Vikings will probably not win a ton more games this year without Kirk. I think we'll see how valuable he actually is, but time will tell.
1: Are you kind of surprised that uh the Jacksonville Jaguars picked up Ezra Cleveland and that the Jets didn't even try to make a play at him? I mean, the Jets just lost center and guard last week and they didn't even try to make a play for this guy. What do you got, Ed?
0: Are we sure the Jets are serious? I mean, they're they've got Zach Wilson still out there. If they were truly serious, they would have gone and gotten a better stopgap quarterback. I know they say that Rodgers is gonna try to come back, but I just I can't see it. So until they prove otherwise that they're trying to be serious about improving their offensive line, I mean, why should we believe them that they were going to go do something?
1: Yeah. Did you see the GM, Joe Douglas, for the Jets what he came out and said? I did not, actually. Go ahead and say it. He said that Aaron Rodgers is potentially coming back this season, and he quoted, we expect Aaron Rodgers to come back this year, and he then came back and followed up with that and said he met back with the team, not back to playing. So I just thought it was kind of crazy that he was just, you know, came out in a press conference and said that we expect Rogers to come back this year. And then he turns around as soon as he gets out of the press conference and he's like, yeah, you know, Rogers is only going to be part of the team. So what do you got
0: it? It sounds like a doctor told him, like, dude, do not say that. That is not what we told
2: you. (laughs) It's this, it's this new state of the art surgery, man. It's never been seen before. You can completely rupture your Achilles and you can wait four weeks and you'll be ready to go. So. It's actually gonna be hilarious if he tries and comes back it's you know Rogers against the world we we do know that he loves the attention so uh, apparently there's this magical surgery that it'll heal it about half the time as it's ever happened and I guess we'll see
0: so I just want to put this to both of you um would either of you if given yes or no does either Kirk or do Kirk and Rodgers both come back by week one next year?
2: I think that Kirk has already said that he wants to be ready. And, you know, the timeline, he had surgery this morning. And obviously so far away to tell. now I think Rodgers, it's going to be interesting. Because if he does this new state-of-the-art surgery that no one's ever heard about, I mean, technically, he said he'll be ready by... You know, this year. So I would I would imagine that if things go well. But I mean, how I mean, are we even are we banking on this actually happening? I don't know. Some some people seem to think it's a little bit conspiracy that was it even torn completely or what's really the deal going on. So I, I would imagine we see them both week one starting. Um, throwing out a little prediction, I think Kirk will be a Viking next year as well, uh, even though he's an impending free agent this year. So. Uh, We'll see, but I do think they'll be both starting week one.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. I think there's no way that both of them don't uh, start week one. I know that when Cam Akers tore his ACL, he was out for, you know, right under five or not ACL, his Achilles. He was right under five months Um, and he came back and he probably wasn't the same player because he kind of rushed to come back. But when Terrell Suggs tore his, he was back exactly after five months. So I think that's kind of the like, you know, the timeline is around five months for a full tear. So I could imagine that he'll be, he'll be back right on time. So moving into another trade, we got, and Reed might be excited about this one. We got Razul Douglas, was deemed a culture misfit for the Packers and got traded over to the Bills. The corner has had. 10 picks and two pick sixes over the last three seasons with the Packers.
2: Yeah, I, you know, nobody likes Green Bay, so I'm sure he's pretty happy to get out of there. You know, me and Edsel were fortunate enough to go tour that stadium. And, you know, besides there, not a lot going on. And I guess they deemed a cultural wrong fit. So I guess who are we to say um, – I was actually kind of surprised they netted a third rounder, but you know, I guess I guess we'll see. And you know, the Packers aren't going anywhere this year, so
0: cultural misfit is such a weird way to say we're trying to lose games to improve our draft position.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, this guy is a freak show stud. Um, so this is a great I mean, this is a great pickup for the Bills. So yeah, this is this is huge for them. And then the final trade that I'm going to talk about is Jonathan Peoples-Jones leaves the Browns to the Lions for a sixth-round pick. I think this might be a really good receiver to add on to this this Lions team. What do you you guys think here?
0: Yeah, so no Marvin Jones, who stepped away from the Lions due to personal issues. So they needed a receiver to kind of help fill the gap with Amon Ra and the tight end Laporta. So I think he's probably a solid pickup for what you had to give up. A sixth round is a sixth rounder isn't bad. He was kind of stuck in the depth chart in Cleveland, so you take the the low risk the low risk shot and uh, hope he turns out. Otherwise, you just kind of you got to put more on Amon Ra, you got to put more on Laporta, you got to put more on your your running back Jameer Gibbs, and he's already been worked pretty heavily with David Montgomery out, so. Yeah, it's just, you know, extra stress, but any depth at that position can be really helpful as you go forward.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're honestly too pleased with, you know, former first-rounder Jameson Williams. You know, he's kind of an all-or-nothing type of guy. You know, he's, he's very fast, and he can beat you deep, but he's had a, a decent amount of drops and just not a great start to his career for a multitude of reasons. Um, Too much time is spent on DraftKings and probably should be catching the jugs machine. So, yeah, I I think that's another reason they went out and got a receiver.
1: Yeah, this guy kind of like, you know, kind of like spoiled his career almost. I mean, he, you know, some guys go to jail for crashing their car into somebody else and some guys gambling in their career. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting place to be for a, a receiver in the NFL nowadays. Probably not the ideal spot. So, moving into a couple game day breakdowns, you know, want to start with the Thursday night game as the Titans head out to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. And, you know, we're on the Will Levis experience. You know, he's still going to be the QB1 as Tannehill is still recovering from an ankle injury. And, you know, Will Levis kind of lit a fire underneath this Titans offense last week as he threw for four touchdowns against a good Falcons defense. Um, The only thing that worries me in this game is that Will Levis' girlfriend has gotten back together with him now, so I just don't know if he's going to be the same exact dude as he was when he was mad. Um, you know, but he is playing a Pittsburgh secondary that is probably one of the worst in the NFL this year. And without Minka Fitzpatrick, this might be a great spot for Levis to have an absolute field day. So,
0: I mean, are, are we sure that she's back together with him? Have we gotten a green line test
1: from Jackie Mack of Barstool Sports? We have not. But, you know, they broke up and then there was rumors that she was with somebody else and then that she hit up my boy Will back the day after his big game. So, you know, it just sounds like she's just trying to chase a bag. So, like, respect to her. I mean, she blew up the NFL draft with her, you know, her looks. So, I mean, I mean, respect to my boy Will for still trying to stay in the game. But, you know, it's about that time to let go.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, what they're saying out there is, you know, they saw him win last week. She's like, "Oh, he actually is playing in the NFL. I thought he was going to be a backup." And, you know, it's quickly how, how fast that can mend the relationship, but yeah. I guess we'll see <clears throat> what happens.
0: As far as the actual game goes, sorry to get off on a a sidetrack there. I just had to do it. But uh, I like I like Pittsburgh in this one. It's uh it's tough. They just came off a horrible loss to the Jags but uh it's Pittsburgh at home it's a rookie quarterback coming in in primetime so i will take the home team to get a win there uh if you're if you're looking to get involved in it potentially look for i know the total is extremely low but uh under 37 does not seem like a bad bet primetime unders are are quite the atm machine
1: these days love it love it uh moving into another game you know Dolphins are playing the Chiefs at an eight thirty a.m. game, and I believe it is in London. Correct me if I'm wrong. Am I right?
0: I believe it is. Uh, Germany, but close enough. Good,
1: close. O- overseas, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, Dolphins, Chiefs. Who, do who do you guys like in this matchup?
0: Um, it's it's a shame that it's a game in Germany. They're uh, taking a home game away from the Chiefs as they are designated as the home team, but kind of a it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't think I really want to take a side in this one, although I would lean towards Kansas City, uh, especially at like minus one, minus one and a half. Just take the money line, wipe the point, and uh, it's never a bad day to fade pa- or to uh, back Patrick Mahomes. So that'd be my play.
1: Do we have any confirmations that Taylor Swift will be in the stadium? Because that kind of slides the betting line, I feel like.
0: Is, uh, is she on her international tour
1: yet? Uh, I'm not. I'm not for sure. I mean, it's if she's not in the stadium, then I'm. I'm back in the Dolphins. I got the fins. If she's not there,
2: I hope she's not there. You know, I, I'm. I'm ready for this story to be. I'm ready for the the great breakup. And how is Travis Kelsey going to respond? That's the next storyline I'm looking forward. So, I, you know, I, I just. You know, I'm sure Mahomes will want to put on a show for uh, the whole country of of Germany out there (laughs) but you know I not a feel in this one you know could go either way I'm sure the over will be a fun one there but we'll see
1: um moving into our next game let's talk about the Seahawks and the Ravens this game could be a big-time offensive affair as these two teams just really haven't been playing much defense this season you guys have a have a side on this game no I do not (laughs) Neither one of them have a side on this game. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to back Lamar in the noon game. I think. Uh, I think the Ravens have been way too hot for them not to uh, to win this game. Let's move into a game where uh, Etzel will probably be a little bit more financially inclined. The uh, Sunday game at 3:25 between the Cowboys and the Eagles in Philly. Ed, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this one? I
0: would lean towards Philly with them being the home team here. Uh, if you just look around a little bit, it looks like the spread is three points. So basically a pick'em on neutral field. I, I do think that Philly is slightly better, although they haven't necessarily played like that lately. Um, I would lean towards an over, over 46. I do think that there could be some points put up in this one. Sun, Sunday afternoon, going to be the, the old Buck and Eggman window on Fox. I like, I like some points to be scored.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do agree with that one. And then the final game I'm going to talk about is the Sunday night game between the Bills and the Bengals. You know, the Bills are coming off uh, another loss and they're they're kind of, you know, they kind of seem like they're trending downhill while on the opposite side, the Bengals have won four games straight. So, you know, think this is probably a good spot for the Bengals at home to get another win over a very competitive Buffalo team. So you you guys have any opinions on this one before we add?
0: Uh, just the, just a player prop, and I typically don't dabble into these very much, but I, I, I am passionate about this one, so I will go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, if you dabble into that market, you see the line for kicking points in a game, and this is truly sicko, but Evan McPherson, who is a reliable kicker, uh, his line is set at six and a half. And if you look at the weather in Cincinnati that night, two mile an hour wins. And this Cincinnati offense has been moving the ball here lately. So you got to think they can get a couple of touchdowns on the board. Two touchdowns and two field goals gets you over that. Even just the touchdown and two field goals gets you over that. I like him to go over the six and a half kicking points.
2: Bold claw there, but, you know, he I, th- I actually think he's one of the best kickers in the league. I remember seeing him as a rookie. And I'm like, this guy has an absolute boot. So, uh, big fan there, but love the kicker prop.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, that's going to conclude Triple G for the day. After this break, we're going to get into, you know, our ranked on ranked matches for the week.
0: All right, gentlemen, coming back, it is time to preview the games of the week in college football. Let's start at a game which one of us will be boots on the ground at. It is number 23, Kansas State at number seven, Texas. Texas is a slim favorite, just four points that opened at six and a half or seven. Total in this one is 49 and a half. And gentlemen, I have a stat for you right off the bat. You dive into this game and you look at trends, right? There are trends betters out there. There are people who are there looking at specific trends to see who's going to win a game. Texas, in the season this year, everybody thinks they have a good offense, right? They've scored 30 points in every game, like elite offense. They put up yards, everything. You look at their record in the over-under, they are one and six in the over and under. That means six out of their seven games have gone under, including all four of them at home. So in this game, you look at the total, it's 49 and a half or 50, depending on where you can find it. I think an under is a really good play, especially with Malik Murphy running at the quarterback position. Uh, it's just got the feeling of like a grind fest, like 24 20, 24 17, something like that, especially with Texas's red zone struggles. In terms of making a pick on the side, I think Texas wins in the must have game, but uh, would rather take the under. I, full transparency I have Kansas State at six and a half. That number is no longer available, so I cannot condone for it. So Grayson, what do you have on this one?
1: I think to add on to Etzel's point, I think Texas needs this to be to hit the under. I think a scoring a fest for Texas is probably not the ideal position. I mean Kansas State's the number five offense in rushing and number eleventh in overall scoring. I think if this game becomes a shootout, that it's not one that Texas can win, especially with Malik Murphy at quarterback.
2: This is an interesting one, you know. And I am lucky enough to be there live to see it happen, unfold. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough spot either way. This is definitely going to be a stay away for me just because I could see this going either way. You know, does Texas have enough to pull through without Ewers? Man, I think it's going to be probably a defensive battle. And, you know, Texas defense is going to have to step up. It's a really interesting set. I haven't heard of that one, Edsel, that you brought up about... You know, Texas scoring 30 in every game and still maybe that's a, a good sign of their defense being able to put up, you know, better than I would have expected. So and if I was to take any side on this, I probably like Kansas State plus four just because you're playing the backup and, you know, they're playing as good a football as maybe anybody in the country right now. So, yeah, I think I, I would like that plus four on the road. Um, Would have been really fascinating if Ewers was playing. That number would probably be even higher. But, yeah, not super confident, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it is in Austin, so there was the horns there. But, yeah, I think this is going to be probably a pretty close one-possession game either way.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So let's move on to a bitter rival of Texas. It is OU and Oklahoma State in the last Bedlam game for the foreseeable future. Uh, The spread on this one, gentlemen, is interesting. Opened up about seven and a half. It's down to five and a half or six, depending on where you get it. Total pretty high at 61. Uh, If I told you that Mike Gundy's team was three and one straight up as an underdog, would you believe me? Because that's what they are. And uh, if you take out that loss to South Alabama, which was an absolute just dumpster of a game, uh, this team has been really good, man. Ollie Gordon is running the absolute crap out of the ball. And OU's run defense last time I checked, not very good. So I think this one comes down to Oklahoma state being at home revenge on their minds due to not only the last several results in this game, but the, everything that OU has done to the big 12 and to them over the years. I think this is one last parting gift from Gundy to knock OU out of the playoffs for, for good in this one. I think that Ollie Gordon has a day and, uh, Oklahoma State pulls off an upset here. That's my pick of the week.
1: Yeah, going off of what Etzel said right there, I love Ollie Gordon. I mean, he's a freaking absolute stud. And this is a really good spot for Oklahoma State in this last bedlam. I mean, Oklahoma State, like Arizona, I mean, comparable to Arizona as being the hottest team in college football right now. I mean, these two teams are freaking out here to ruin people's football seasons. So give me the pokes in this in this game.
2: Yeah, this is, this is tough. Would have loved that seven and a half. Uh, was that what it opened at or did it move to? I'm not sure. Open at seven and a half. That is, yeah, that's unreal. Um, down to six makes it a little bit less comfortable. You know, how does Oklahoma respond? You know, haven't played as well on the road as we saw last week. So here in Boone Pickens, this is going to be interesting. I still think I like those plus six. I think they do keep it close. And, you know, I think we've seen all year that OU is, they're fraudulent. You know, they are not a top 10 team. They are not, I don't know what people think they are, but they're probably not that either. So, yeah, I like the Cowboys in this one to at least cover those six. You know, I think this one's going to be played pretty close. And yeah, I absolutely love that this one is in Oklahoma State. That makes it definitely more exciting. So definitely going to be room for the Cowboys here. Hopefully that number rises.
1: You think there's uh any shot that we see Jackson Arnold come in at any point in this game? I mean, you know, they didn't they had a piss poor week last week offensively, which I think a lot of that had to do with play call. I mean, they th- after that pick 6, it was like coach was scared to throw the ball the rest of the game. I know it's raining, I know it's cold, but you know, you're you're not a running team. So why throw the ball 16 total times in this game is just kind of mind-blowing to me. So It'll be interesting to see if they if they go back to a, uh, to a little bit of spread and to see if you know, you know Gabriel's having a bad day to see if Jackson Arnold comes out and starts playing.
0: Yeah, I just don't see it. I figured if they would have done it, they would have done it by now. I think Gabriel's playing fine enough. Uh, yeah, I think like you said, the main thing was like Lebby's play calling in the last game was pretty brutal, just ultra conservative, not what we'd come to expect from him. So. I think if they clean that up, they have a pretty good chance. But what what about last week made us think that Oklahoma is is able to clean those things up? I just am not sure they're able to. So would lean towards the Cowboys there. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to win it outright. So let's keep it moving here, boys. A game that at the beginning of the year we wouldn't have thought much of, but here we are, and it's a top fifteen matchup. We have number twelve Missouri headed on the road to Athens, Georgia to play the Bulldogs of Georgia. 230 on CBS. This spread is 15 and a half. Missouri is the road dog here. Total of 54 and a half. I see a lot of action coming in on Missouri. Your big money's coming in on them. 90% of the money is on the Tigers here in this. I think they can keep it close, but I've been burned by Georgia too many times, even though they are one and six against the spread. I want to pull the trigger on Missouri. I just can't get there. So it'll be a pass for me. But interested to see your thoughts on this one, Grayson. And then over to you after that
1: read. You know, I want to say that Mizzou would be able to keep this game close just because, you know, Georgia has been sleepy in a lot of games this year. But the games that Georgia hasn't been sleepy in are the games that matter. So I would not be surprised if if this game was well over Georgia's cover, if Georgia just simply came out and just – blew Mizzou out and just, you know, kind of killed them in, in all aspects of the game. Carson Beck's been playing really, really well the last couple of weeks. Um, and I, I expect him to continue that, so.
2: I think we'll see a decent amount of points in this one. Uh, I actually like the over. I think Missouri's offense is really good. Luther Burden has been, you know, killing it at that wide receiver spot. And, you know, might be one of the best receivers in the country, Um still a sophomore so he's unbelievable in uh, Georgia you know this plus 15 you know regardless of where you see it I, I'm seeing a plus 15 here from Missouri I that's a lot of points you know out of all the teams that have you know it seems like Georgia's spread each and every week is you know 13 anywhere from that 13 to 14 and a half range um, these last couple of weeks and I think Missouri by far here is the best I guess test for them. Uh, so if I was to bet, I think they would cover that. I think, you know, they can score with just about anybody. Um, you know, best number here, I see 15 and a half. So yeah, I love that number for Missouri. I think they'll put up a lot of points, but more than all, I think this game will go over 54 and a half total points there. So uh, I like the over.
0: Yeah, Reed, to your point there, uh, Missouri is 3-0 and to the over this season when they've been on the road. So whenever they go on the road, the defense doesn't necessarily travel, but the offense does. So that is a bit interesting from them, and uh, hopefully they can keep that up. I, they need to score points in order to cover that number. So they won't be able to hermit and play that game like you know, 24-10 to get a cover. I think they're going to need to score probably 20 or 30 points to get there, and they just might, so we'll see. Um, A game that I can promise will have more than 20 or 30 points on each side. We're going to to, uh, Los Angeles, gentlemen. We've got number five, Washington, traveling to number 20, USC. Washington, the road favorite, three points. The total on this one is astronomically high, 75 to 76, depending on where you get it. I got this at a game of the year number at Washington plus six. Obviously, I feel great about that at the moment. I would lean towards coming back on USC plus the three, though. I think that, you know, as soon as you write a team off, there's something about college football where they can immediately let themselves back in with a big-time win. Being at home after a couple of weeks on the road, I think this could be the spot to back USC. I don't want to try to catch the knife, so I'm not going to come back on it, but I do think that that might be the play here, especially with Washington looking as shaky as they have lately.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know about this line makes me makes me worry a little bit that this game is going to be closer than, uh, than expected. You know, Vegas is very seldomly wrong and stuff like this. And especially with this game at the Coliseum, it makes you want to lean a little bit, you know, to a close game. I don't see any world where Washington doesn't win this game. Um, and, you know, I would probably think that uh, Michael Penix will throw for 400-plus yards in this game is – this USC defense is probably one of the worst in college football.
2: And over under 76 and a half, I think is by far the highest I've seen this year. And as much as you might want to say, you know, I've mulled over that number and I'm like, you know, it's things have to go so perfect for that game to that's that's 11 touchdowns for the over and it seems so unreal that you know, as much as I'd love to say give me the under. You know, I could see both these teams scoring 40 apiece if all things go their way. So, you know, is USC going to be able to slow down anybody? I mean, I'd love to see what Penix's, you know, passing yards are if they're under 400. uh, I like the over on that. But, yeah, this is just going to be a game where probably not a lot of defense is played. But I just, I don't think that USC is going to be able to make any stops unless, you know misfortune so i like i like washing big in this one
0: penix's passing yards prop is 373 and a half
2: i like the over i do love they're gonna love let him the they're gonna let the kids sling it for sure
1: yeah he'll easy, he'll easily have 400 plus i love the over there i mean he's going to let the freaking ball loose
0: what could possibly go wrong I mean, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I hope I hope it happens just because that would make it for an incredible game, especially as we'll probably get something a little bit more polar opposite at 645 on CBS. We have number 14 LSU traveling to number eight Alabama. This game is a three-point spread with Bama being the favorite, so it tells you that neutral field, these teams are probably pretty even, which is a little bit surprising to say after some of the just abominations that LSU has played in this year. Um, you know, I kind of think that the home team advantage here is going to be big time. You get Alabama looking for revenge off of last year where LSU wanted on the two point conversion to knock them out of the playoff. I think Bama is going to have some revenge on their mind to potentially get that back. And I think that a Nick Saban team will be able to find a way to get a home win. How, how soon do we forget their 55 and two in their last 57 home games. So yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the home tide.
1: Yeah, Alabama smells blood in the water in this game. I mean, Nick Saban and the Tide are going to come out ready to play and as we've mentioned multiple times before, LSU has probably one of the worst secondaries in college football and that will help a lot for an Alabama offense that has, you know, struggled a little bit this season. Um the over/unders at 60 and a half and Reed, I don't know. Do you do you like that number? Do you think that the over could hit here?
2: I actually like the under. I think that Bama's probably gonna run the ball. Um, with Milro with their backs and you know, LSU. We know they can score, but going against Alabama defense, not gonna be as easy. Um, yeah, I think this is numbers too high. Uh really hasn't dropped since it's opened, but this is a good spot for me, I think is. You know, a good 24 to 20 type of game. You know, I think this is, I think this number is just far too low or far too high. So I I like the under.
1: Yeah, I can completely agree with that. Ed, you have any opinions on that? I would lean that way. It feels like, you know, Bama's
0: defense has been really good top 10 in basically all categories. And that includes the Texas game where they allowed 34 points. So I think the Bama defense can hold up here. I think the LSU defense is bad enough to where Bama should be able to get out to a lead and hopefully pin them down in there. So I think, yeah, 28-24, 20, something along those lines, That's it's a cozy under for me. So good stuff there, gentlemen. Let's go ahead. After the short break, we will get into our favorite favorites, our upset specials, and get into our own board picks. So that and more will be coming up next. All right, gentlemen, coming back, we have to do our favorite segment of the week. It's time for our upset specials. and I will start us off here because, well, there's just no place like, like me starting off. So it's going to be tough. You know, you look at the board, you try to find some upsets, and you just search around and nothing really catches your eye. That's kind of where I'm at this week. So I'll go with one that I mentioned earlier. I think Oklahoma State pulls off an upset. And if you want something a little bit more obscure than that, look at Texas State at home against Georgia Southern. I know Georgia Southern is really good, but the Bobcats have been eating them up this year. I think that that's one where they can potentially get right off a loss. You know, some would say that the wrong team is favored. So we'll just have to see. And uh, I I like the Bobcats there. So those will be my two main upsets this week.
2: I got one here that I really like. Boston College and Syracuse, the Cuse, the Orangemen, are two-and-a-half-point favorites. And they've maybe been one of the worst Power 5 teams in the last couple weeks. Like, they have not even been competitive in a lot of these games. And, yeah, this one is going to be on Friday night. It is... It's crazy. I don't know how they're, they're... I know they're at home, but, you know, Boston College has been up and down sure but at least they've been up recently and yeah Syracuse has just been horrible so yeah that's definitely one that I like Boston College in um you know as the underdog I think they went out right
1: yeah a game that I love this week is you know Noah Fafita and the Cats playing UCLA at home at 7 p.m. you know I love Arizona right here. They are the hottest team in football. Um, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, I love to back Chip Kelly, just just not in this game.
0: You will hear more about that game from me later when we get to our own the board picks. So nice one there. Um, Let's get to our favorite favorites. So as you know, it's the team who is favored by the oddsmakers. I will start us off, we're going late Saturday night. I love Fresno State at home, minus the three against Boise. Mikey Keene looks like he's on track to play. This Boise team, a little bit of an identity crisis as of late. So I think away from the blue turf, it's a good time to back Fresno at home. And then one that I'm just going to chalk it up as I'm confused about what is going on here. Iowa State is a home favorite to Kansas coming off the big OU win last week. I think this is shaping up to be an odds-making clinic. I think that the books know what they're doing here. And so I will go ahead and take the bait and take Iowa State minus the two and a half. I think, I think something's up about that line and I'll be, uh, I'll be the sucker to take it.
2: Yeah, one of the first things that I, you know, jumped off to me was that Kansas number, which is just so weird. So I guess props to you for... Having the balls to take that one, certainly not me, um, and I, I'd much love Kansas to, you know, get my win totals and, and finish it off in that game. But uh, my favorite favorite, and I'm surprised I'm even saying this. Hopefully, don't sound like a homer, but Minnesota minus one and a half. You know, I didn't think I was going to take this Gopher team ever this year, um, and I was on the right side. I'm one and zero this year on my Gophers, and you know, Illinois coming to town. I just don't think they're very good. And Minnesota is, they like to play teams tough. And and I'm sure it'll be a close game. But, you know, Gophers minus one and a half you can find. Uh, I think it's just, I think they're going to win this game. You know, Fleck usually finds ways to win these games. You know, he has one stinker every year. Got that out of the way in Northwestern. So, you know, I think at home, Minnesota minus one and a half. They're going to find a way to win this game.
1: Yeah, I got uh, I got three favorite favorites for the week. Um obviously, I'm back in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish over Clemson and Death Valley. Um you know, this is a big one for Notre Dame. You know, we're trying to make, you know, New Year's Six bowl uh potential and this is kind of Clemson's, you know, the the Tigers been shot, it got shot again. It's limping through the yard, and I think the uh, Fighting Irish are going to come through and kind of uh, seal the deal. So that's that's one of them. Oregon State over Colorado. Um, this Oregon State team coming back after losing to Arizona last week, and they're going to be hot and fiery underneath them. So I think that they're going to have their way with Colorado in this game. And then, you know, Etzel's back to this team a couple times this season. Reed's talked about them. And, you know, I think this is the spot for Baylor to finally get back on track and get a win at home as they're playing Houston. You know, it's got to happen. It's got to happen at some point in time that the Baylor Bears are going to win a game. And I think this is their time to, uh, to beat Houston at home in a, in a big time game. So give me Baylor.
0: Love it there. Let's go ahead and transition into our own the board picks where we make our favorite picks of the week. Throwing 100 Monopoly bucks on each of them. Uh, Reed, you are our leader. I will kick it over to you first.
2: A couple lines that I love here that I've talked about a little bit, but I'm going to parlay all of my money. You know, this has worked well for me. I'm putting all of it on Washington minus three and Alabama minus three for plus 260. Both those lines feel a little bit funky and, you know, Again, I'll be the one to take them. I think they both win big, big big-ish. So, yeah, we'll take that plus 260 and throw it all on it.
0: I like it. I like it. For me, I will keep it simple. One play, all 100 Monopoly Bucks. Grayson mentioned it earlier. Give me Fafita and the Arizona Wildcats on the money line. Plus 130, all 100 Monopoly Bucks. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I got three plays this week. Uh, give me Bama money line minus 162 for $20. Give me Washington minus three and a half for 60 at minus 108. And then give me Oklahoma State money line $20 plus 202.
0: Love it. I see some crossover there. We all kind of like the same things. That uh, means we're either all going to walk away winners or losers. I can't wait to see what happens.
1: Yeah, so, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we all got to like the same things. I mean, this the line for the Washington game seems kind of kind of funky, so I'm 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 selling the bait. I'm on it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. So, coming up next, let's get into Odds and Ends where we talk some NBA, we talk some baseball, and then we have to talk our Odds and Ends, our top 3 draft. We got a good one cooked up, the top 3 sports days of the year. So, that and more shenanigans that you'd come to know and love us for will be coming up after this break. All right, boys, it's time to talk some basketball coming out of the gates here. We're putting basketball ahead of the World Series just because the World Series game is on right now. Uh, so we'll wait for more of that to develop before we talk about it. But uh, here to take his victory lap on the undefeated Dallas Basketball Mavericks
1: is uh, Grayson
0: Winners. everybody.
1: You know, I told you guys early in the year that the Mavs were going to win the NBA championship. You know, this is how it works. The last time the Mavs won the NBA championship was the last year that the Rangers were in the World Series. You know, there are special things going on in Dallas right now, and that's why I already put $100 down on the Mavs to win plus three $3,500. So it's simple math. When the Mavs win the NBA championship – don't come crying to me about my winnings, okay? I'm not sharing. You smell that, Reed? It smells like cap in
0: here.
2: Whole lot of cap, I'll tell you what, Grayson. If they happen to win it, you know, I'll I'll go to the parade with you. I'll I'll jump on the parade. I'll give Luca a big old hug, a bear hug. Um, it's just not going to happen, you know. They've played a bunch of clowns so far. Wait till they play some teams that'll actually be in the playoffs, and we'll see that they actually are not going to be able to defend anybody. You know Dwight Powell. As much as he tries hard, it's Dwight Powell. So I, I don't see this team. You know I'd love to see them make a move. You know something to you know get them over the hump, but I, I don't see it at this point.
0: Hey, together with uh, Tony Brothers, they were able to defend uh, Wimby pretty well. He only played like 15 minutes, <laughs> five fouls. I mean the foul to minute ratio. That's strong stuff. That's a great defense.
2: Yeah, it's just, you're going to need to have that pretty often if they're going to, you know, any big man that comes to town is, you know, good luck. I, I can't wait till the Nuggets come to town and, you know, Derek Lively is uh having to guard Jokic and it's going to be trouble.
0: Well, you'll get your wish because they go to Denver Friday.
2: Yeah, with, along with the, uh, the mile high there and Jokic, that's a tough night.
0: Go ahead, Grayson.
1: Yeah, the they, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm backing this Mavs team. I think that they're going to dominate the Hornets on Sunday. I think that will be an absolute demolish fest. And uh, yeah, I think it's everything that uh this this is the season. If the Mavs won it, this is their year. I'm I'm Luke all the way.
0: That's what we love to hear. So let's go ahead and get into some of the main storylines here of what the season has played out like so far. Uh, obviously, late breaking here in the past little bit, uh, past couple of days, the uh, the James Harden situation has worked itself out. That's right. The fat suit worked once again, and he has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers, who I would like to know what they're doing. But uh, Reed, I just want your general thoughts on the trade. It was uh, James Harden, mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker, and our guy Philip Petrasev over to uh, the Clippers, and they got back some... Some spare parts, some expiring contracts, and uh, a first-round pick and a pick swap. So just your general thoughts on what the deal was.
2: You know, I think we know exactly what's going on. It's the Clippers, you know, they're stars. They, play, they all play, play 30 games a year, so they just figured, well, all four of them can't be hurt at the same time. So let's just shuffle them in and out. And, you know, Kawhi will play Tuesday. Paul George will play Thursday. And it'll probably be something like that the rest of the year because they're all pretty old and they're all pretty fragile. So, yeah, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's fun. Um, and the Clippers are certainly going all in. Um, you can't fault them, I guess, for, you know, giving up what they gave up. They held strong and, you know, didn't have to go up Terrence Mann. Uh, not sure if you got to see the video of James Harden walking in and Terrence Mann looking very excited. Uh, that was not the case. He... Kind of looked up and looked back down and, you know, could tell one or no part of that introduction. So I'm sure everybody else on the team realizes that this is a four man team, Uh, a little bit of a click type of vibe. So yeah, going to be interesting. I don't see them even, you know, they're not going to win at all. I don't care how much talent you have. This is just, it's just, I don't even know how much talent they have in general. I mean, all these guys are, you know, you know, probably past their prime, a majority of them are. So it's a lot of personality and, you know, not a lot of game, I guess, to back it up in terms of, you know, what they have been in their prime.
0: They're going to be rotating through the injury report like a rotisserie chicken, read just around and around the go.
2: And the funny part is, you know, when, if any of these people get hurt, you know, about 50 Three hundred million of their, you know, team about two hundred and sixty of them are in those four players. So if they're not in the game, you know, we're going to be hearing uh, Jackie Moon come in for the Clippers. So a lot of no namers that you know people will have no idea about just because you know they all their money has gone towards those four those four players. So
0: yeah, absolutely, and uh, just some other teams that have been interesting so far uh, on the Sixers. The Tyrese Maxi agenda is strong at the moment. He started the year 15 to one to be most improved. He's already the favorite at three to one. So like that one, the Thunder three and one, they are as fun as we had thought. So love to see that. Uh, The Grizzlies, as we mentioned, zero and four, no John Morant, no big man, and it's a complete disaster. The other team that I feel like I have to mention here is the Indianapolis or Indiana Pacers. They are based out of Indianapolis. Uh, Rick Carlisle has the boys two and one uh Tyrese Halliburton one of my favorite guards in the league is absolutely cooking at the moment I love watching him play so hope that they are able to keep that up uh Reed I know you have some thoughts about the Wolves and some other teams around the league so let's go ahead and hear you fire it off
2: yeah I guess we can kind of start off the order that you mentioned you know Oklahoma City they have been so much fun you know they've been waiting for this and it's well deserved because they went through some of the dog years after Russell Westbrook, and you know they deserve this. They their plan is you know slowly come to fruition here. You know I'm not sure that they're going to be you know top three seed or top four seed this year. I'm not saying that, but not only are they fun, but you know you can kind of see the path that they're building. You know Chet Holmgren, I I love Chet as a prospect because in my opinion he does the two most important things in the NBA, in my opinion, and that is shot blocking and three point shooting. And you have a guy that can do both pretty well. It's just so rare, and you can you know build and mold your team with so many different players because he's able to do both those really well. So you know, love what they're building, and you know, going to be fun to see. I guess how far they go this year.
0: Admittedly, it was tough seeing him getting posterized by Andre
2: Drummond. Yeah, crossed and postered. So I don't, yeah, it's he looked pretty. Yeah, he looked so skinny and real thin. Uh, you know, Jokic said, or was it Jokic that said he should put on some more weight, and essentially he said, I can't, in other words. So, uh, I've been there, so I I feel you, Chet. Maybe we'll have to get together sometime and talk about our Minnesota roots. Uh, The Grizzlies, you know, they're without jaw. You know, when you're asking, you know, Marcus Smart and and Bain to kind of be your scoring, I mean, it's just, you know, Bain is a great shooter, great role player. You know, he's he can shoot the ball like nobody other, but he's not—he's not a guy you you give the ball to and say get out of the way. That's just not the type of guy he is. Memphis has you know seemingly a lot of role players, but without Jaw, you know they look kind of dysfunctional. And so, not to say that that was expected as poorly as it's been, but you know you can definitely see why when you know this might be a little bit of a longer season until Jaw comes back. So, going to be interesting there. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about, you know, Maxie, he's going to be so much fun, given that he's essentially given the keys to handle the ball, him and Embiid. So, you know, he's, it would be shocking if he did not win most improved this year, just given the, you know, situation and you know how good he is already. So that one's going to be fun. And I think you're right about Tyrese Halliburton. He is, he's a guy that just nobody, you can't dislike Tyrese Halliburton. Besides maybe his ugly jumper, it is effective. Uh, That was one of the knocks on him coming out is, you know, how is that going to work? But, you know, he is a really good shooter, a really good player. And this might be a hot take, but maybe one of the funnest, you know, if if you're a player, you want that guy in your team. You know, that's just a guy you want. You know, he's not going to be a ball hog. He looks to get others' points. I mean, he's over 10 assists, it seems like, every game. And if you if you want to play with a guy, that's the guy you want to be on your team. So, uh, what a steal of a trade that was! I think I guess you could say for both teams. But you know, he's just such a such a fantastic player, and not many more guys I'd want to have on my on my team.
0: Absolutely, uh, it's it's been a fun you know week week and a half so far in the league. Um, Reed, I know you need to get some takes off about the Timberwolves. And uh, just go ahead and fire away with any other takes you have around the league, whether it's players, teams, coaches, uh, rule changes, perhaps. I know that they have the flopping rule now and uh, two coaches challenges as well, but we haven't really seen that come into play yet. So yeah, fire them off.
2: I do love the two coaches challenges. I think that is a great move. Um, You know, these guys should feel like they have the flexibility to, you know, challenge something early in the game. And that might not have happened in the past just because you want to save it for the end. So I like that move. Uh, My Timberwolves, I mean, what can you even say? They, same team, it seems like, you know, each and every game they build leads and and blow them up, uh, up by 19 a couple nights ago in the first half and lose by double digits. So about minus 30 there since halftime. Not what you want to see at all. Uh, It's going to be interesting. They got the talent. Are they going to figure it out? I sure hope so. But maybe not counting on it. So that'll be interesting. Uh really just happy the NBA is back. I mean, there are so many fun things to watch. I could turn on just about any single game and find a way that, that there's a storyline somewhere that's gonna intrigue me. Uh we can talk about Wemby. Is he gonna be able to stay out of foul trouble all year? Um, how efficient is he going to be? You know, it looks like you know, I'm happy. Pop is essentially saying, do what you want to do. He's giving him full reins and that's probably what's in their best interest, even if it doesn't, you know, show great results from this year. They know they're not going to be competitive. Although, what a thrilling win that was against the Suns! Uh, Kevin Durant gets the ball stolen there, and they find a way to win it. But you know, in general, I'm just happy the NBA is back. It's, you know, I forget how much I love it, and when it's here, it's just there. It's just great. And college basketball right around the corner, you know. I don't want to spoil anything, but we're getting close to our favorite day of the sports calendar. And, you know, I'm pretty happy where we're at right now. So can't complain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Be on the lookout for some content from the boys with some college basketball previews. It's a little harder to do like futures just because there aren't win totals necessary to pick from. The options are a little limited. It's basically to win your conference, to win the title and uh, the wooden award, which is basically the MVP. So little bit tough there but it means we can fire away on some long shots and I'm excited to to dive into that we'll we'll get into that here coming up as we get ready for the start of the uh, the tournaments of the beginning of the year you know the Maui Invitational and their their soft ass rims uh, whatever junk that ESPN is throwing together so can't wait to get into that Uh, Going on right now is game five of the World Series. The Rangers are up three games to one in the series. It is 0-0 in the bottom of the third as we speak. Uh, Fully expect the Rangers to lose this game. That's just what they do. They're a cursed franchise. And uh, until they win the World Series, I will continue to believe that they will not win one. So uh, they've been completely outclassed so far in this game, and yet it is still 0-0. So we'll see how that one goes. Let's go ahead and get into our draft here, boys. We have the top three sports days of the year draft. And this is not just like your date. It's not like, man, that March 12th is my favorite day of the sports calendar. It's not like that. So the example would be like Super Bowl Sunday or uh, the first day of March Madness might be a preview of our number one pick. So as always, we did the, the, uh, the random number generator off camera. Reed is first. The number was 19 and he picked 21. Uh, I am second. And then Grayson, who picked number 37 as always, is in third. So it'll be a snake draft and we will take it from there. Top three days. Reed, you're on the clock with the number one pick.
2: You know, this might not be the popular pick in terms of, you know, what people think about when they think of, you know, the sports day that gets everybody excited. But, I truly don't think there is anything better than the opening day of March Madness. We're talking about that Thursday and you know, there are about 32 games or yeah, no, there's 16. Oh, what is there? 32 games, 16, Whatever.
0: 16 games each day, Thursday, Friday,
2: Sixteen each day. Thursday, Friday. So yeah, those first two days. Uh, and you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the first two days there, probably not. Now we're going to go for the first day. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that's going to be something that, you know, for probably the rest of my life, I'm going to have to take Thursday, or Friday off just for those, just so I can have that first weekend. And then after that, you know, things sell down a little bit, but yeah, just, just electric every single year. There are upsets. We all love it. We all don't necessarily expect it, but it's a great time to, you know, maybe go to your local sports book and, and find every single TV that they have and just have a good time reline or re- relax and you know watch all these games. So that's definitely number one for me. Um, not, not much of a question there.
0: It is the the single day and uh, yeah, so Thursday of March Madness would have been my pick as well. Uh, but that leads me into the second pick here. And uh, conveniently enough, there are two days in the start of March Madness which are mirrored. They both have 16 games each day. And I will take Friday of March Madness. That is right. The second day of March Madness. It's like the first day, but you get to do it all over again. It's fantastic. Plus, it's a Friday. The vibes are high. You get to it's just perfect. The the first day sets the vibe. The second day follows it up. And there's always some crazy upsets on day one. Please see Furman over Virginia last year. Shout out to the king, Kevin Harlan. And uh yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic day of sports. I will take it happily with the second pick.
1: Yeah, y'all gave me two good ones right here, I think. Uh, let me go ahead and take Super Bowl Sunday in my number one spot. You know, there's very few things better than uh, than the Super Bowl. You know, got to love it. Um, sometimes the Super Bowl is actually played on a Monday. Am I wrong? I feel like it's not always played on a Sunday.
0: You would be wrong. It's the college football final. that's on Monday.
1: That's on Monday. Okay, good. I thought I thought I was wrong. Um, And then my second pick. Rivalry weekend, Saturday, uh, Michigan versus Ohio State, Florida versus Florida State, the Iron Bowl, the Civil War game. I mean, give me them all. I freaking love it. Give me that in my number two pick.
0: That's a good choice there. And uh, I'm surprised you left me this one at the number two spot for me. It's number three on my board.
1: Don't say it. I know it's
0: sunday saying. at the masters gentlemen oh, damn it. it it is damn absolutely perfect the pressure it's it's perfect it's a great day of sports plus there's other sports going on you get you get nba playoffs going on that day uh college basketball is done by then but you have baseball fired up although nobody's watching it at that point so yeah it's it's sunday at' the masters thank you sir
2: I literally don't even know what to say. This is how excited I am. I get to rattle off two picks here. I don't know how this fell to me. This was my number two. Uh, I think I genuinely think you guys might have forgot about it. The NFL draft day one of the NFL draft is, you know, listen,
1: that's a really, great I watched, pick. that's a really great pick.
2: I watched the movie draft day. I know it's like probably 21 out of a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. I watch it every year. Just to get me in the spirit a couple of days before the draft, it might be a horrible movie, but you know, just holds a hope that you know what, maybe my franchise will 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 do something crazy, and turn this team around. But the the energy of just the draft is is amazing, you know. Round one especially, you know, I I love rounds. You know, the first two days are a lot of fun for me personally, but you know, I'll go off day one of the NFL draft and. I guess that you know takes me again you know a couple of different options here uh, not sure I guess how I want to approach this but I think I'm gonna go with you know the opening Sunday of the NFL season you know still a lot of hope I'm big on hope there uh you know you're, you're banking on your team playing well each week you don't have to worry about tanking in week one and it's just a good a good time altogether so I'm gonna I'm going to finish with that one.
0: The NFL draft was a great pick, but you didn't even pick the best week of games on the NFL schedule, which is where I'm going. My last pick is divisional round Saturday. The first day you get all the wild card shenanigans out of the way. ESPN finally doesn't have their stinker at one o'clock on Saturday. It's the first day of real games. You get to see the one seeds play. It's perfect. You get a game early. You get a game at night. It's excellent. So NFL divisional round Saturday is going to be my last pick.
2: What about the Nickelodeon slime game? You missed that one off there.
1: <laughs> no, no, I prefer the one with the Toy Story characters. It's much better. Um, in my number three spot, you know, there's no other per- there's no other person that I'd want here. Um, give me the college football playoffs semifinal games. Two games, just absolute amazing magnitude and next year it's going to be even better with four games going on at one time so give me give me the college football playoffs first weekend that's a
0: great pick uh that was next up on my board for you know the honorable mention section uh I'll go ahead and rattle off a couple of mine uh, Grayson I'm sure you had this one Friday at the Ryder Cup the first day you get the electric t shots
1: I about about said that one right there, but I felt like I couldn't go not go college football playoffs. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, I had MLB wildcard day one. You know, they get the four games going off all in the afternoon. That's a fun one. And then I took uh, the first Saturday and the first Sunday of March Madness as well. If you can't tell, I love the tournament. So that entire first weekend, I would draft.
2: There you have it. Do I have another pick left, or how many rounds are we doing here? Good honorable
1: mentions, honorable mentions,
2: honorable mentions. Yeah, I guess NBA draft still wasn't announced. I love the NBA, so that you know that wasn't said yet. Um, And that about does it for me. You know, I I'm a big draft guy. Those are always the the funnest days of the year for me. And yeah, just I guess you could say the the first day of the sports equinox, which was recently, where you got all four major sports teams going at it. Um, but a lot of good days in the year. I'll tell you that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that was the inspiration for the draft, the, the, uh, the sports equinox. So appreciate that for happening. And, uh, Grayson, what else did you have honorable mentions? I know you, I know you've got a few holstered.
1: Yeah. You know, I had, obviously I had the first day of, and don't hate on me. Cause I got, I know there's soccer players in the chat. The first day of the FIFA world cup. I mean, it's got to be a top tier one. I mean, I don't know if it would be in anybody's top three, but it's definitely fun to watch. I mean, Ed. It it depends on who the host country is. If the
0: host country is bad and they're playing the first match off, take it away. But, you know, coming up, we have America, the USA hosting the World Cup here soon. That first match on the first day of the World Cup will be electric for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree And then, you know, I'm staying soccer here. I'm going to have to go with El Clasico, you know, Real Madrid versus Barcelona every single year. It's not even the game that's fun to watch. It's the fans in the stands getting hammered drunk is what we want to watch. No, Ed, we do not want to watch El Asico. Um, (laughs) Speak for yourself. I thought we talked about places that we'd, I mean, I would rather watch paint dry on the wall. Um, Yeah, no, El, El Clasico. um, The fans on the stands are just getting hammered drunk. It's just, it's just the place to be um, for those games. And all of a sudden, you know, people like watching, like watching um, MLS because Messi plays now. I mean, people were liking watching the MLS championship because Messi was playing. So don't know if I watched, I didn't watch any of the games personally, but I know a lot of people were enjoying watching them, so.
0: I mean, speak for yourself. I know many, many people who would like to watch El Asico over and over again, me being one of them. I mean, <laughs> now that Brian Ference is leaving, though, I'm not sure it'll have the same luster, but it's still a fantastic game.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree.
0: All right. Well, that'll about do it for this week, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys listening in as always. If you could leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate all the help and all the listens. So that'll do it for this week. We will be back Monday for our weekend recap. Can't wait to watch all the games this exciting weekend. And uh, we'll we'll recap with Reed on Thursday about uh, Kansas State, Texas. So until Monday, we will see you later. Go win some money. Be the man in the arena. Have a great weekend and peace out, everybody.